This is a Bulldog Radio Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the most valuable sports podcast. My name is Brandon Worth, and I'm joined by my co-host, as always, Mr. Joe Nagy. Say hello to the people. Hey, everybody. It's a beautiful day to be in the studio. It is. It's a great day. It is actually a, a better day to be in the studio as it is literally pouring outside right now, so <laughs> we're glad to be indoors. But today we are joined by a very special guest, Ferris State Torch reporter, Brendan Sanders. Welcome to the show. What it do, gentlemen? What, what it do? do How are we doing today? <laughs> Pretty great. good. What an entrance. We're, it's going to be a good show, guys. But um, to start off, we figured you guys want to know a little bit about Brendan. So mm-hmm. we're fig- we'll do a small interview and we'll get it started. So Brendan, tell us about yourself and what your, your sports background is. How you, got into, how you got into sports, especially for an idea as a college degree? Well, it all started with the day of my birth. Uh I was always kind of born to be a sports guy. Okay. Not really. <laughs> definitely not. I didn't really start enjoying sports until about fifth grade. But I guess throughout high school and all that, I really enjoyed sports, especially football. Mm-hmm. And I realized uh, early on I was horribly unathletic. Horribly. <laughs> I ran like a 6.8 second 40 time. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Blazing yeah, speed. Exactly. Blazing. And I was five foot six, 135 pounds when I ran that. So there, there's no shot at me playing football in the future. So I decided, all right, what other ways can I get into this? Enjoy it. Because especially at Lowell, they mm-hmm. have a top-notch football program in the mm-hmm. state. So I got into as many different things as I could. I, uh, I had my own radio show with my best friend. We had a radio show up at the high school. Uh I was the team's film guy for all four years and went and got to film like a state championship and all that. That's cool. Yeah. And then, so I always knew I wanted to be around sports if I was going to do a job, you know? Yeah. I'm way too lazy to do a <laughs> mm-hmm. regular nine to five. Exactly. Way too lazy to do that. So luckily I got, I found Ferris and I thought their program looked good. The distance from home looked good. Everything kind of meshed and I came up here. That's great. So, um, talking about Ferris a little bit, what's been your favorite part so far, being a part of Ferris State? Ooh, that's been, I think, just being able to easily be included in sports stuff. Like, how easy it was for me to get into the clubs, Mm -hmm. be able to get into the uh, athletic program. Mm -hmm. I mean, and get into journalism. I thought, I didn't think I'd be able to write and come as far as I did within the last three years. So definitely. Yeah. And oh, sorry. And as we kind of alluded to at the start, when Brandon said that you're one of the writers for the torch and I mean, we said uh, we didn't mention that, but you're the sports editor for the torch mm-hmm. as well. I was going to say um, I was going to yep. correct you. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, coming into freshman year, like how did you kind of find the torch and start to kind of develop that, I guess, love for writing? Uh, I've always enjoyed writing. Uh, it's been a love of mine since yeah. I was a kid. And I thought, you know. I love sports, and I love to write. Why not combine them, you know? Mm -hmm. I always enjoyed telling people stories. So I was like, you know what? 
this journalism idea might be the thing for me to try out. Definitely. And so far, I don't have any regrets. Yeah, that's so. good. I think um, especially um, people going through high school and stuff that writing's either a thing you love or you, you hate. Mm-hmm. And it's really, there's no fine line in between. It's, it's a hit or miss, right? Yeah, really. Yeah, definitely. You either love it or you hate it. And I love it. That's good. I mean, combining two things you love, what else, what else could you ask for as far as a job? Exactly. But, um, for the torch, obviously with COVID going around, it's been how hard has it been to find different things to write about that really aren't related to COVID or just like all of the normal things that you normally would write about during like say we'd have football on Saturdays or we'd have ba- or we'd have basketball in the winter, hopefully we do. But like how hard has it been having to adjust now that you have COVID and it's really all about COVID and how we can you can fit other stories in there. How hard has that been? Yeah. Well, imagine be having your uh, first semester as a sports editor and having no sports to talk about. Mm-hmm. We've had to do a lot of improvising and a lot of brainstorming to try and figure out how we're going to fill out the section each week. Mm-hmm. And it really it comes down to a lot of, uh, how do I say it? Like how Ben Roethlisberger always is able to extend a play mm-hmm. and scramble and all that. And that's kind of how we've been doing with the paper every week. We... We have a general idea. We've always wanted to focus more on uh, talking more about the athletes and what they're doing and their history. So we've definitely turned to doing that a lot more. And then we do a lot of creative stuff. We've done a fantasy football column with uh, mm-hmm. Brody Kaiser and Austin Arquette. They've been running a fantasy football column for the past like month, month and a half since the season started. Mm-hmm. And then we've kind of turned to also having an actual like a column, an opinion piece in there every week. So I can help develop their you know, thoughts and opinions on sports because I think that's important mm-hmm. as a journalist Definitely, is to yeah. be able to talk about something you care about in football or basketball. And so I always think it's been a challenge. It's been mm-hmm. an extreme challenge, but... Luckily, Ferris has a lot of good athletes, a good mm-hmm. athletic program that keeps us in the loop, and mm-hmm. we're able to put out decent stories every week. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I, by my understanding, if you want to write for the torch, there's a spot open. Do you want to shout oh, yeah. them out? If, oh, yeah. every We're always looking for new reporters, new blood to get in there. We're kind of actually getting a little full with sports reporters. Cora's done a heck of a job getting a reporters to come in for my section we have about four now outside of me brody austin uh deandre head and uh i think one of the your fellow uh, cross-country people uh hannah lauks joined mm-hmm. us this past week yes indeed and she's writing her first article this week so we are actually but we're always looking for more people obviously we need photographers especially for sports mm-hmm. trying to get sports photos this semester is a nightmare holy mm-hmm. cow so we definitely need people to design the paper because we, we've been kind of doing that ourselves, and I am not a design major. <laughs> I can tell you that. Promise you that. But, yeah, we're always looking for new blood. And sure. So if, you wanna, if you're on Ferris and you're a student and you're interested in journalism, yep. hit up running. See if you want to write for the torch. Yeah, hit me up. Sandeb16 at <laughs> ferris.edu. There it is. <laughs> Indeed. As now we move into more of the – the nitty-gritty of our show. Um, we have some NFL t- coming up this weekend, and we know that Brendan is probably one of the most die-hard Pittsburgh Steelers fans around. Mm-hmm. And they have a tough task this week against the Tennessee Titans, both 5-0 and teams taking on at 1 o'clock on CBS. Going to be an exciting game, boys. What, what are we thinking about this game? 
All right. Well, I don't know about you guys, but my uh, yinzer mode, as I call it, has fully activated on the season. I'm full blown sixteen and zero undefeated Super Bowl champs at the moment. But uh, realistically, it'll be a challenge, obviously, for mm-hmm. Tennessee. I think. Obviously, Henry's a monster. I don't know mm-hmm. any other way to put it with him. Tannehill got away from Adam Gase, and now is actually a good quarterback, which shows how good Adam Gase is. <laughs> and uh, Oh, 100 <laughs> If we want to talk about the Jets, I have a full Van Gundyan-style rant on uh, oh, Adam Gase. <laughs> but either way, I think it'll be a challenge. I think the Steelers' defense will should win the game for him because... For the first time this decade, they actually have a great defense. It took them since, like, 2010, but they actually found a way to play on both sides of the football. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the Iron Curtain's kind of starting to f- actually fulfill their nickname. I mean, they've had that nickname for a while, but now they're mm-hmm. starting to go into full force. And, I mean, I know that a lot of people were kind of skeptical about Roethlisberger coming back, especially with the injury and mm-hmm. seeing if him coming off of that, and especially for him being kind of an older quarterback, like – him him coming out of that injury, is he going to be able to beat out Mason Rudolph, oh. and is he going to be able to do that? But he's proven it, which is yeah. kind of interesting, especially for how old he is and kind of he might be getting a little bit banged up, but he's still showing that. I mean, mm-hmm. he's a top-notch quarterback still. Yeah, the man basically had his elbow rebuilt uh, <coughs> a se- season ago. It's been, what, a year, two years since he mm-hmm. last threw a football uninjured, and he's showing why he's a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. I think – uh He's always been a legendary quarterback, and if he can still, I think like the Steelers can get two more years out of him, and if they can maybe get a Super Bowl run in there before Ben retires, and hopefully get a decent quarterback mm-hmm. afterward, but mm-hmm. not Mason Rudolph. Yeah, but, I was gonna say, what are you talking about? You got one right in the system already. <laughs> I mean, he could have been good, and then Earl Thomas about took his head off last year, and after the k- knockout punch or whatever. <laughs> After the knockout and then the Miles Garrett incident, his confidence has been a little uh, shaken. Yeah, I mean, ever since helmets have been thrown, it's been a different ball game, I guess <laughs> you could say with uh-huh. that. But I mean, hey, Mike Tomlin's done a, a great job as far as coach. I think he gets, I think he gets undercredited a lot for, with what he does, especially last year with not having Big Ben. You have Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges leading you to a possible playoff appearance, and that uh-huh. that just shows you how great of a coach he is. This game looks really tough on paper. And, I mean, every sign right now is looking at this just going to be an absolute dogfight. I do think that without Taylor Lewan, that deep, that offensive line is going to be a little bit shakier. Ooh, and you cannot have a shaky offensive line against, against the, the Steelers. defensive front. You and cannot. That is why I'm going to go with Brennan on this one and say the Steelers will win this game. I think it will definitely be close. I think, I think really that the – the Titans are going to have to lean on Tannehill. And this is really what's going to show that Tannehill is going to, what he's really about. And if he can air it out to guys like A.J. Brown, um, guys like Corey Davis, if he can get those guys involved, Adam Humphreys, if John O. Smith plays, we're not sure yet. Mm-hmm. He is, um, I think he's on the injury report this week. But if it's going to be a really tough task for them. I think the Steelers' defensive line, I don't, I don't think they're going to shut down Derrick Henry. It's not like he's going to get 20 less yards. He's probably still going to get 40, 60 yards because the man's an animal still. Yeah. He's going to find some yards, but I don't think he's going to blow up for 100 or 200 yards like we've seen him in the past. So I think the Steelers are going to win in a barn burner, that Joe would say. <laughs> Absolute barn. I was going to say, I'm happy that you brought that up. If I mean, it's going to be on Tannehill's shoulders because – 
if the Steelers defense lives up to their name and they can hold Henry to at least like half of the yards he usually gets, that's going to put a lot of mm-hmm. unfamiliar pressure on Ryan Tannehill and take away a big factor of the Tennessee offense. And even so, they're 15th in the league. So, I mean, they're not super great when when uh, Henry's not there. So when if Tannehill can step up, make passes, and be a good quarterback, then I think it's going to be a close one. But I got to go with you guys. It's the Steelers. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I would say. Fair. Yeah, I would say. Look at the past running backs this season that have gone up against that Steelers defensive front. Saquon got absolutely got six yards yeah, on demolished. eleven carries. It wasn't close. Uh, Miles Sanders outside of a seventy-five yard touchdown mm-hmm. run after that one breakdown, he only had. 10 more yards after yeah that. i had him in fantasy and i was very concerned because i didn't have a backup at that point and i was just like oh no here we go again but then he broke yeah. the 75 and i was like oh okay that, i'm happy i guess yeah. you can do you don't have to do anything anymore. <laughs> but yeah that one will be a very interesting game i would say probably the game of the week as far as mm-hmm. sunday's concerned that's the one i definitely will be tuning into but the other one i will obviously have on is the detroit lions against the falcons i'm sorry yeah, we know. It, <laughs> what do you mean? This is going to be a Lions are going to go to town. Okay. So great. You get to extend Matt Patricia's reign over your team. Exactly. Congrats. I said this last episode. I, it's a win-win. If we lose, Matt Patricia's probably going to be out of there. If we win, it's a Lions win. Yeah. I mean, that's true. It is a win-win, but And honestly, I want us to win because if we lose to the Falcons, who've just been an absolute just garbage shoot of a team this year, that just hasn't been able to get anything to work. If we lose to them, it's just like the Lions are once again. The, I mean, we I feel Irrelevant. like we still are, but we're like just going to be the laughing stock of the league. Yeah, the Ir- problem I have is with being at Atlanta. I don't know why. Like, it seems like Atlanta always plays better at home, and then they just struggle really bad, and then they just play good. I don't. I don't really know what to think of Atlanta right now because their offense isn't terrible. Their defense is pretty much garbage their mm-hmm. their defense can't stop anybody no so i feel i feel in a debacle especially in a fantasy perspective because i have matt ryan and i also have cam newton i don't know who i'm going to start this week because i don't want to start matt ryan and then him blow up on detroit but then cam's been kind of shaky lately so i don't know i might have to go with my gut and go with cam and i just really hope matt ryan doesn't do what he did last time go Whoa. three straight games without a touchdown pass and then throw four of them frustrating <laughs> but it is what it is. I think Detroit will win this game. I know it's crazy to think, but I do think they'll win this game. I think we can get the offense going against that Atlanta secondary, which is pretty poor. I think actually Desmond Trufant's going to have a pick against his former team. I think that'll be bold pretty call out. Yeah, bold call out there, but I do think the Lions will win. I don't think it's going to be a two-touchdown win. Sorry, it'll Travis. probably be like one. It'll be it'll be a flat. Probably come down to a field goal or a touchdown. But I mean, this is a this is a revenge game because last time these two teams off it, or two teams faced off, it was the the Inquan Bolden smothering the one yard line. If you remember that, mm. we ended up losing that game by four. So I think a revenge game. I think we come back. I think you guys are going to be horribly disappointed, but you guys are used to that at that point. Uh, Sad face. I mean. I think the Lions' defense is too poor to really stop much of anything. So I think the fact that Atlanta has Julio Jones appearing to be healthy, along with a little bit of a banged-up Calvin Ridley, I think that air-raid offense Mm -hmm. that they can kind of run is... Even so, like with Julio Jones, I have him on my fantasy team, and he hasn't really been producing the the past couple weeks. Of course, he was out. Yeah, because he's been hurt. I know, he's been out, but like... 
even when he was back, he still didn't have a super great. He was like 10 points less than he usually gets, 10, 15 points. And now that we have Trufant and Okuda, those two guys who are going to be in the back, the, who are going to be able to team up, I feel like we're actually going to be able to do something on defense for once and not choke it. However, I do think we're going to go up in the first quarter and then probably the next two quarters are going to let up like a touchdown or two lead. And then so, I think we can come back. I feel like this is going to be the one time where it's going to be able to come back. So I'm going to go with Lions, but I'm just going to say it's going to be a close one. I just say name one time where they've been able to come back after I just said this is going to be the first time. I, I don't think that that's going to happen. So I have Falcons. Put me in for Falcons there. Okay, all right. Call me we'll, a genius. We'll see when Atlanta blows a 21 lead in the fourth quarter like they've done already this year. After the Lions blow a 14-point lead in the exactly. first quarter. What exactly. <laughs> what a game we got on there. But um, <laughs> next game, Dallas-Washington. Okay. It's going to be a battle for the top of the NFC least, basically, at this point. Well, I mean, Philadelphia is also 1-4, and four, but uh, let's just be honest. 2-4 and four to lead the division, that's bad. Like with the, That's top-tier football right there. Yeah, the absolute opposite. But, it's yeah, it's pretty bad. I would say that this is a game that Washington honestly can win. But I don't have confidence in them. I'm still going to go with Dallas just because the I feel like last game – I think they're going to have a little bit of fire under them after last game. Getting embarrassed at home is definitely something that will change the atmosphere of a locker room. And I know the coaches have been, it seems like, in the hot talks right now, especially their game plan coming into that game against Arizona. It seems like a lot of them were not ready, according to the players. So this could be a big week to really get together and turn around against a football team that had struggled all year. I mean, Washington pulled off the upset in week one against Philly and they've now lost five straight so they're still kind of in trouble but I mean I am still worried about Andy Dalton he didn't look very good on Monday mm-hmm. night that does gar- that does alarm me but I think as the, the defense can step up one time against Washington they can win this game but don't be surprised if Washington's up winning this game because both teams are really in a struggle right now imagine being a uh, six weeks into the season and have wanting Jason Garrett back already. That's yep. basically how it appears. That's tough. It looks like there's going to be a locker room revolution before the end of the season, which is impressive a month and a half. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've said it a little bit before, and I feel like this game is going to be Andy Dalton's time to shine, especially against a pretty subpar team like Washington. Because, I mean, if he comes down to it and if he starts to actually play pretty well like he did like the past couple of years with the Bengals before they started to kind of really go downhill, I feel like he'll be able to to kind of find his stride. I don't think he's going to like go off for like three touchdowns and have like a 250, 300-yard passing game or anything like that. But I do think he's going to be able to kind of settle down a little bit more now and start to figure out, all right, this Cowboys offense is a little bit different. I got to kind of find my niche and find out like what's going to be the same because I can't – he can't be Dak. He's not going to have the same kind of attributes that he had, and that team needs to realize that, okay, like these, he has a way different play style than Dak does. And once that they kind of find that groove and start to kind of gel with each other again, I feel like they're going to be pretty good. Yeah, We'll just have to wait and see how that game ends up. Really quick, next game, don't have to spend time on this, Buffalo and Jets. I'm going to Buffalo, better football team. <laughs> better football team. Do any objections? Lol I don't Jets. Think so. Lol Jets. What a <laughs> joke of a team. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't think that the 0 and 6 Jets are going to be able to beat a a Josh Allen. Yeah. This will be a nice week for Buffalo. It'll basically be a bye, really. I mean, they'll have to obviously show up on Sunday, but really they shouldn't have anything to worry about, especially how bad that <laughs> Jets team is and I do truly believe they what did, 
What did Deion Sanders say during his selection show? He's like, the Jets, they show up to the field, there's already 30 points on the board. <laughs> yeah, literally. I don't know what the deal is. And I do agree, Brennan, we were talking before the show, I think Adam Gase is a problem. He's I, a joke. I, I don't know. I don't know what the Jets saw in in him. I mean, he's from produced 6-10 and 10 football teams at best, yeah, really. No, from the moment he coach. was signed, I thought it was a mistake. I mm-hmm. Especially now you look at all the Miami Dolphins players that have turned into good football players. Drake, Tannehill, Minka Fitzpatrick, uh, Devontae Parker. You can name off like five different Dolphins players. And you can name Jets players that have turned out to be good. Jamison Crowder. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jamal Adams is pretty good. I mean, I haven't heard much of him this season. I mean, after. he's been kind of banged up over the last yeah. couple of weeks. So, yeah. But. Every time you get away from Adam Gase, you get a good football player. So I really look forward to hopefully they get rid of Sam Darnold. I think he could go to... I kind of want my Steelers to go pick him up. Oh, and, uh, okay. If there's really? a quarterback, young quarterback that I think we can groom, I think Sam Darnold could be a stud. I think he's a stud. And I think they've ruined him with Adam Gase. Hmm. So I think the Jets should leave uh, Adam Gase in a Death Valley, California. Oh, God. Just in the middle of the desert. <laughs> if you can get out of here, you can be our coach again. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's. I mean, Joe, you put it the best way, right? Joe, or Sam Darnold is not the garbage. He's a trash can carrying the garbage. Yeah. And that was one thing that I feel that Sam Darnold could be a, he could be a good quarterback on a different coach mm-hmm. in different teams. So mm-hmm. we'll see if that ends up being how it is. But Buffalo should win this one by two touchdowns at least. If not, it was a bad game for them. Mm-hmm. But what should be a much better game is Carolina at New Orleans. That's going to be a really good matchup. Carolina's been a little bit of a shocker this season. We've said it a lot. Without CMC, and they've got a new coach, new players all around the board. And they're still able to win football games right now. They're 3-3. Three and three. New Orleans, opposite end of the spectrum. They expected to be at the top of the NFC. They're 3-2 and two right now. Uh, I believe losses to Tampa Bay and um, who was the other loss? Green Bay. Yes. They lost uh, at home against Green Bay. Yep, Green Bay. I mean, both of those teams are tough, but if you're the Saints, you have high expectations, and they're not where they want to be right now. So I do think that the Carolina Panthers are going to put up a pretty good fight. I do think the Saints will come up on top because, I mean, being in the Superdome is a different feeling, I think, for them, and I know they've lost there twice now. So I don't think it'll happen. Th- I don't think it'll happen a third time. I do think Carolina will put up a pretty good, pretty good game. But I think Drew Brees, if Michael Thomas plays, or if he even suits up, or even as a New Orleans Saint again, we honestly have no idea what's <laughs> going on with him right now. But if he does play, I think that will help spark their offense. We know how good Brees is with his best guy, and I do think that will win. Yeah, the Ca- Carolina is a weird team for me this year. I think. Uh I think they're a good candidate for that legendary seventh seed that's being added to the playoffs mm-hmm. this year. I think eight and eight. I think eight and eight can get you into the playoffs now, and I think Carolina is a good candidate for that. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. win games they're kind of supposed to, but they definitely lose games that they're supposed to too. So yeah, they're average. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if which. they can edge out, even give Tampa Bay a run for their money, because I know that the NFC South and the NFC um, West have such deep teams that they're mm-hmm. probably by the end of the season they're going to wreck each other out of it just because that's the the characteristics of the schedule so it'll be interesting to watch yeah and i mean even so drew Brees hasn't really been 
himself so far this year it kind of seems like he hasn't really I mean other I mean last year when we saw I think it was like in the middle of the season when he had that like 98 percent completion game Uh where he went like what was like 19 for 20 yeah or something we haven't even been able to see anything like that no or anything close to that he's not throwing the football downfield anymore no which I don't know if that's an age thing or an arm strength thing or what but I yeah that's the thing and it's like it just is weird because we're used to seeing him be able to be so comfortable in the pocket mm-hmm. and be able to be so comfortable with his receivers that like he can throw it wherever and if he just makes it close his receivers will catch it and it makes it even better because him being so accurate makes it so that his receivers have such an easier job but now that we haven't really seen that this year you can definitely tell with their record and the way that they've been playing that they just aren't playing mm-hmm. the characteristic seasons that the Saints are used to yeah, yeah. They're trying to use Alvin Kamara as basically a McCaffrey, a ki- yeah. yeah, a mm-hmm. McCaffrey kind of player. And first off, I don't th- McCaffrey is better than Kamara, I think, mm-hmm. by a lot. So I don't think they should be able to. I don't think it's a good idea to use them in the same facet as them. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, think they really need to get Michael Thomas back too. That's I think a that major. They do. I think they're they have a good receiving core. Like you have. You're not left with, like, practice squad receivers. You still got Traquan Smith. You still have Emmanuel Sanders. But, I mean, Michael Thomas just adds a whole different a whole different level to the offense because mm-hmm. it just adds – it adds – I mean, he's been his – Drew Brees' safety target for how many years? He's been that guy that will get those short routes. That's one of the best things he's good at, easy slants, easy outs, to get yards and get a lot of catches, and that's what Drew Brees loves. And without him, he's. I think he feels he might have to do too much. I'm not – I'm not too sure what's going on, Drew Brees, but I do agree with you guys. He doesn't look the same. He's not looking like vintage Drew Brees, so hopefully that will change around. But um, somebody that did not look as normal as he's been in the beginning of the season last week was Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Did not have a great day against Tampa Bay's defense. They do play Houston this week, so I don't think – I think last game was a fluke for Green Bay. I think they do bounce back against Houston. Houston's really on the struggle bus. I mean – it's been a long time since Packers have lost consecutive games. We're talking back to 2018. So I don't think that is going to be that big of an issue as far as I don't I think Houston's going to obviously still play pretty good. I mean, Deshaun Watson still. I mean, he has as many t- touchdown passes as Aaron Rodgers does right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, just the guys around him are just not not the same, not the same guys he's used to. Not DeAndre Hopkins. You need those guys back, but I, I, I do think Green Bay will win this game. I don't know if – it's hard to tell what Houston's going to do, especially after last week. I don't know what happened last week. They figured it out against Tennessee. And, I mean, before that, they were pretty poor. I mean, looking back at, like, the Kansas City game at the beginning of the year, that's the last time they looked decent offensively. But I'm going to roll with Green Bay. I think Deshaun Watson could have a good game. I mean, the Green Bay defense is a little shaken up, especially after last week. But I think Green Bay will figure it out and get on top at the end of the game. I think that uh, I think Houston's had been figuring it out offensively since the beginning of the season. It's just the fact that their defense is not good enough to keep them in football games at mm-hmm. all. That's true. And that's why I think Green Bay should be able to probably put up 30, 35 points on them mm-hmm. this week. Yeah, Drew Brees – I mean, not Drew Brees. Aaron Rodgers are going to kind of uh, – Light that fire under this team that kind of, you know, all right, they had a mistake last week. They lost a game. They're not going to let it happen again, like you said, Brandon. They haven't lost two consecutive games in, like, two years. So, especially against the Texans, against a team that's, like, kind of starting to figure it out. I mean, with Bill O'Brien gone, I mean, there's a little bit of a new hope. But, I mean, now that they're kind of figuring it out a little bit, I don't think they have the talent yet to beat the Packers, and I don't think the Packers are going to let it happen, Mm -hmm. especially with kind of the reputation that they have right now. 
Yeah, I would say that's – I mean, it's going to be a good quarterback battle. Defensively, whatever team's probably going to step up. I, I do think Green Bay has a better defense. I think they have a much more experienced defense. I mean, Houston's defense is you're, – you're right, Brennan. It looks – they're all over the place right now. Mm-hmm. They almost look kind of Atlanta-Detroit-esque. But, yes. I mean, their offense is better. But, I mean, a good matchup coming in Sunday. We got the Battle of Ohio, Cleveland-Cincinnati, round two. Cleveland took round one. Baker Mayfield played pretty well, came out on, on top by five. But is this going to be a revenge game for Joe Burrow? Is this payback time? Uh, I don't think the Bungles' uh, offensive the line is good enough to uh, keep them in many football games no. this year. No Bungles. So <laughs> I think the Browns should. Browns are, I think, a playoff team this year, which is a shock. But finally, they're a playoff team. Yeah, it only took them our entire lifetimes for them to figure that out. But yeah, but I think. Yeah, I think Browns should win this pretty handily. Definitely. Like I mean, I said it a couple times already. Like if Joe Burrow has to throw it, like what was it, like sixty sometimes each game, mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to win a football game because if you can't figure out when they have or when if they can't figure out a running game soon, that's not good for Joe Burrow's longevity. That's not good for even just him playing each week because he's going to get worn out really really fast and he's not going to be able to make those throws all the time and it's going to really wear out his value his mm-hmm. his I guess I was going to say value longevity. Value. No, not longevity, but his value on the trade market, too, if they ever decide to trade him, too. Because oh, okay. when that comes down to it, people are going to realize, okay, like, he had a terrible offensive line, but even so, like, I don't want him because he's only going to last about a year before his arm's completely shot. So Yeah, well, yeah. I see it like uh, if he's throwing the football 60 times again, he's going to be sacked about 10 times. So yeah. it's not really... As long as they figure out that offensive line, I feel like that's when Joe Burrow's actually going to be able to flourish and start to actually do something. Yeah. But as long as they just have ba- like a, a paper bag as their front line that just can get blown away in the wind <laughs> that just lets uh-huh. anybody go through, and he's always pressured, he has to make just decisions way too fast because he's not going to be able to get that time in the pocket that he needs. Because when he was in LSU and he had that time in the pocket, we know what he's able to do. Mm-hmm. He's able to, okay, I can scramble here and get another 15 yards. He's he's a fast guy. He's got I mean, wasn't it in the I don't know if it was in the national championship, but I think it was when they played Oklahoma. He had that like fifty some odd run, fifty yard yeah. run or something for a touchdown. If run. he has the time in the pocket, he'll be able to do something good. But as long as Bengals offensive line is trash, Joe Burrow is just gonna be trash by affiliation. Lord he, help him when uh, the Steelers come to town with that defensive line. Oh, yeah, we already see what Baltimore did to him, but uh-huh. I mean, I mean, the Bengals' offensive line has really been shaky, and what's been just as shaky is the other side, the defensive line. I mean, they've allowed, I believe, uh, yeah, five different times they've allowed over 100 yards rushing, and you're welcoming in the Cleveland Browns, even without mm-hmm. Nick Chubb. That's going to be a problem. I think Cleveland's going to handle this one. I do. Th- I know. I know Joe Burrow's. He's not. A, he's not a loser. We know that. I mean, he's he's shown his frustration being in Cincinnati so far and that they've not been winning games. I do think he's going to keep him in the game because Joe does make big plays. I mean, we saw it in the national championship and how long his senior year he was making fantastic plays. So I do think he'll keep him in the game, but I think the Browns are going to be too heavy. And, I mean, hopefully Baker will get his confidence back because it seems like whenever he plays losing teams, he always seems to figure out his confidence and really figure it out. But, I mean, Against bigger teams, he really needs to step up. But I mean, Kevin Stefanski, give him give him some credit. They're, that offense looks really good right now, and especially now, it seems like everybody's kind of more happy than with Freddie. So it it looks it's looking good right now for Cleveland. If they can keep it rolling, they should be in playoff contention. 
But moving on into the 4 o'clock games, here we got a good one in the NFC West. Seattle, Arizona, both teams at the top of the division right now. Um, since our Seattle does have um, does have fresh fresh players that came off the bye. Mm-hmm. So I do think that will be a little bit of a factor. I do think that this game's going to be a lot closer than a lot of people think because, I mean, I, let's be honest, Kyler didn't look that great on Monday night. Yes, mm-hmm. he ran the ball a lot, and yes, he made plays. But, I mean, overall accuracy throwing was a little bit of a struggle. So I do think that is a concern. But I mean, I'm a bi- I'm a biased Russell Wilson guy, so I'll just say that's the reason I'm picking Seattle. I just think they're better. But I I mean, there could be talks that this team could be adding another receiver in the near future. So it will be interesting to see how that can transpire. Psycho Brown. Psycho. Uh, <laughs> yes. I mean, Antonio Brown does come back off his suspension week eight. Mm-hmm. If somebody wants him, that doesn't mean. Somebody can go get him. But there is talks in the world right now that Seattle has been looking at him. And if you've done some digging, he has worked out with Russell Wilson over the summer. So there's obviously connection there. But, I mean, you might not make that chance because you don't want him or you don't need him. You don't feel that he is worth the the risk for that mm-hmm. so obviously they that's already have dk metcalf i mean they have dk they have tyler lockett i mean the next the next best guy in fans mind is going to be greg olson because then you, the other guys you pretty much got are you're talking about david moore and i think some people would say that overall sal- talent and skill set that antonio brown is a little bit better than david moore i think that's reasoning behind it but without brown or not i think the seattle offense is incredible i think their defense is going to be a little bit more shaky, obviously, losing Adams, especially around the season, kind of rattled them a little bit. Ever since then, they haven't looked the same. I mean, I mean, they gave they let Miami hang around in, what, week five. So that is a little alarming. I do think Seattle will come on top, though. Yeah. So, yeah, I think Arizona is another odd team for me because I can't really figure out if they're for real yet. Oh, yeah. Or if their defense is too bad to – really stop anyone's I think this is a true test for him because if they can even hand hang with Seattle and even steal a win then that proves that they're actually for real in the NFC this year I think that could be a major we know their offense is good but I don't know enough about their defense to really say if they can handle Seattle yet yeah I mean if Kyler can kind of match what Russell's gonna do this week then I feel like they'll have a chance to play in the game but I mean Cardinals offense, I mean, they speak for themselves. They're one of the best in the league right now. And the defense for Seattle, I mean, although they're 5-0, and they're they're a little bit lackluster in that game, in that point. But, I mean, it's going to come down to what Russell, West, Russell Westbrook, Russell Wilson's going to be able to do and kind of how he's going to be able to command this team like he's been doing all year. And I feel like it's their game to lose right now, especially with kind of Kyler being such a rookie quarter. I mean, it's not his rookie year, but he's still one of the rookie quarterbacks, and he still has a has to kind of put himself in those positions where, all right, I'm a actual player in this league that I'm going to be a guy who is a force to be reckoned with. And I don't think he's there yet. I think Russell Westbrook's going to be the guy. Why do I keep saying that? Because they need Russell Westbrook. To I guess so. Russell Westbrook. <laughs> I just can't talk to Russell Wilson. I feel like he's going to be able to, although kind of on paper, the Cardinals on the offensive side are a little bit better. I think Russell Wilson is going to be able to kind of stomp out that flame and be like, all right, well, we're the Seahawks and we're, we came here to play. Yeah. I think Seattle is one of those teams. I don't want to say like full Tampa Bay or sorry, 
Tampa Bay-esque where you're, they're going to be more in game control mode. But it seems like it has that kind of vibe where Russell really kind of takes over at some time, especially late in the game. He always figures it out. But um, moving on to the, another 4 o'clock game, Jacksonville and the Chargers. Ain't nobody care about this game. Ain't it's nobody be, care ain't about nobody this game. Next care. game. Yeah. Next game. I mean, okay, well, we can make picks really quick. I like Justin Herbert. I think that he can do well. Jacksonville has been so – Jacksonville's been so down. I feel like they're due for a win. But, I mean, on the road, they've been pretty terrible. So, I'll go with Chargers. Yeah, I think uh, Mr. Uh, Herbert sounds uh, – that's his last name? Right? Justin Herbert, yeah. yeah. Mr. Herbert's good enough to uh, lead the Jag- or leave the lead the Chargers to win, not the Jaguars. Yeah. I think the Jaguars wish they had him, but – I mean, yeah. if the Jaguars lose to the Lions, I feel like you got to kind of go do some soul searching and figure oh. out what's wrong with yourselves. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. So yeah. Chargers. I I like Justin Herbert too. Justin Herbert's kind of starting to figure out his role a little bit, especially when kind of uh, the Chargers dropped Philip Rivers for Justin Herbert. I feel like that was a little people were kind of skeptical skeptical of it. And although Justin Herbert's not at that Philip Rivers level yet, I feel like that was a really good really good pickup, especially for how I feel like. I think it's just because he's on the Chargers that he hasn't had as much publicity. But with it, I mean, for him to go one and four with the Chargers team, I feel like he's going to do pretty well against the Jaguars this week. Yeah. Moving on to a more relevant game. We can save time that way. Uh, Patriots, Niners. This one's in Foxborough. Big game. This could be, I mean, this, I, I mean, I talked a little bit yesterday about the, the legendary, the legendary um, repercussions this game has. I feel like that there's a historical legendary type of vibe because both these franchises have been winning franchises for a long time so this has a kind of a weird vibe to it and i mean these guys don't play each other that often so it'll be interesting because both of these teams seem like they have had just some struggles figuring out what's going on as far as how their team is progressing because i mean niners have had injury issues left right and center and then the patriots have had covid issues so they're still trying to figure out who they can get on the field so it's going to be a really it's really going to be a weird game I feel like. I mean, Cam Newton's been pretty well, but I'm going to go with the 49ers here. A little bit of a I would say I think they are the underdog in this game. I don't know what the the ratings are, but I mean, as far as them, I do think that Garoppolo is going to probably not play as well, but I do think that the the Niners defense can step up and stop Cam. I do think it is a good opportunity for the Patriots to win this game. Obviously, they're favored, but I do think that San Francisco can probably figure it out. And they're going to pull one of those things where they're going to their defense is going to show up. They're going to shut them down and not have to do that much to figure out offensively with their struggles. But I think my mic almost fell down. I had to fix it. It's okay. Um, I just tried to distract them, but I do think 49ers will win. Pretty pretty gutsy call, but I'm going to make it. Yeah, this is a toss-up for me because I think both teams are basically even on most fronts. Mm-hmm. Offensively, defensively, I think they're about the same. Uh, I think Cam Newton is hes an interesting. I thought he was back at it, back to MVP form. And then after the little COVID incident, he kind of, especially last week, was not nearly as impressive. So, I don't know. It's tr- This one's truly a toss-up where I can go mm-hmm. either which way. Yep. I would agree with that. It's going to be a close one, obviously. I mean, I think it's probably going to be maybe uh, maybe a touchdown. Most likely it's going to be like a 
like a 2023 or a 2025 win kind of like that where Mm -hmm. it's going to be a little bit high scoring but it's not going to be like out of this world especially with kind of how good both of these defenses are i'm not sure um is bosa back for san francisco bosa's no no he's gone he tore his acl okay yeah so then it's i feel like it's still gonna be a little bit closer patriots i mean their defense is one of the best in the league still already but i feel like it's gonna be I mean, pro- honestly, I take away the 20. It's probably going to be like, close to probably more like 14 to 17 or something like that. Yeah. And I think a team, one, either team takes control, and I think it could easily be a multi-score difference. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Either way. Yeah, I mean, either team can show out and really make, make plays, and I think yeah. San Francisco's due for that. That's really, I think, they're due for that. I don't. Mm-hmm. New England's been kind of shaky, and both, I mean, both teams have been shaky, but yeah. I think Kyle Shanahan gets it, gets it done. He's going to probably, he probably will pick up his first win against Belichick. Might be the last, but he's going <laughs> to probably, I'm going to say he's going to pick one up. But the, the final four o'clock game, Kansas City, Denver. The Denver Broncos. Yeah, no, they're not going to win this game. <laughs> I, I mean, it's it was a great thing to see them pull off a little upset card. Drew Locke's back, beats the New England Patriots. But, yeah, I don't see them as beating Pat and no, that Chiefs team. Well, they beat them by only kicking field goals. Like, that's not going to win you many football games at all. Yeah, so I do think Kansas City will win this game. Well, I think I think their offense needs to get back on track. And I know I've said it multiple times. The statistic I keep looking at is why their offense always struggles in October compared to September. And we just keep seeing it. I don't know what it is. It's like bad juju or something. <laughs> no, not not a Pittsburgh reference. But I know. Oh, yeah. I know. I'll, I'll give myself no clap for that one. <laughs> I do think Kansas City will win this game. I don't want to say, like, handily, but probably by a touchdown or two. By hand, but handily. Yes. Not, mean, not like 30 to 35 to 6 or something, but it'll be like... No. 38 to 20 yeah. something like that it's gonna be multi-scores i that's like the only thing that you can say but um for sure going into sunday night tampa bay las vegas this one has some pretty good implications on it i mean both teams have seemed like revived themselves over the past year i mean the raiders have been played pretty much kind of shocker role so far I mean, Tampa Bay is a really good team, obviously. Or should I refer to it as Tampa Bay? I don't I don't really know which one I should, but I know this one's going to be a fun one, and I know they put this one on Sunday night on purpose because it's going to be a good game. Yeah, it's really tough right now. I know my I know my buddy Brendan right now in my ear is saying, go for the Raiders, go for the Raiders, <laughs> go for the Because, I mean, they beat the Chiefs, so anything they can do is possible. They can pull it out, but it's just a really – hard to pick after what Tampa Bay did last week defensively because that was absolutely phenomenal so I guess I'll go with Tom Brady and the Buccaneers to win but it's gonna be a close game it's probably a touchdown or a field goal well we've got the Gruden Bowl as I like the to call it's true the Gruden and Bowl. it's interesting who would have thought after 20 years that it would all come down to Gruden coaching one of these teams uh yeah it's a really odd one choice because i don't know if the raiders are they're another one where you don't know if they're good yet mm-hmm. you think that they're kind of a they're sh- streaky yes and it all depends on what raiders we see come out tonight or not tonight sunday night yes. yeah and ultimately i do think more consistently the buccaneers have been better mm-hmm. so i would have to go with the buccaneers just because i don't see the raiders being consistent enough to beat tom brady yeah no and i mean 
yeah, Tom Brady. I mean, I feel like he's going to be a, a guy who's just going to, I mean, he's done it all year this year already. He's just going to lead this team. And he's going to make sure that, I mean, I don't, I didn't think the Raiders are going to be able, I mean, they might have a chance, a, a slim one. I think that they're probably going to lose by maybe a, a touchdown and a field goal probably, probably at least 10 points, I feel like. Um, but, I mean, Derek Carr, I feel like they beat the Chiefs, but that was in Vegas, and I just don't, honestly, I just don't know. It's, it's going to be tough because it, they're we in Vegas the this Chiefs week. What they they're, are. they're in Vegas this week, but I feel like Tom is just going to be able to push this. It's I don't know. Because with the defense that they had last week for the Buccaneers, I feel like they're going to have it. And with Tom, I feel like they're going to have it. But the Raiders, especially beating the Chiefs, I feel, it just throws a wrench in it. But, like, it's tough because, like you said, Brennan, they're so streaky that, mm-hmm. like, you just can't put your money on them 100%. But then you have the Buccaneers who have Tom Brady and a pretty good – and he's already a guy who just will lead teams to wins. doesn't matter who he has around him. He always makes it so that it's interesting. And I mean, it's it really comes up to a toss up, but I gotta go with Buccaneers probably by ten. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a really good game, especially with these teams having some hot streaks. And speaking of hot streaks for Monday Night Football, how about them Bears right now? Five and one, gonna go on Monday night and take on the Rams. And I know there's been pretty. I mean, Goff's had his struggles against the Bears. I believe he's really. I don't think he's actually. For any statistic, is he has the most interceptions out of pass TD, and as any quarterback against the Bears, which is pretty odd that they find statistics like this, but mm-hmm. interesting fact. But um, I mean, overall, Bears have somehow found ways to win games. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go for a little bit of an interesting pick. I know my buddy is a Bears. One of my buddies, Stephen, is a Bears fan, and he probably wants the Bears to win this one. So I'm gonna go ahead and pick the Rams. So then the Bears will probably win. But I mean, I do have a reason for the Rams picking. Um, I do have a reason for picking the Rams. I mean, their defensive line has been great. I mean, sorry, not their defensive line. Aaron Donald's been very good. <laughs> so I think he'll figure it out. I think the Bears' running game is pretty much on struggle bus, and then you're going to be relying on Nick Foles to just absolutely get yourself down the field every single drive. And I don't think that's going to happen. I think Jared Goff going to get a little bit of help at home. Obviously, no fans or anything. But I think that the the Rams are going to figure it out, and I think they're going to win. I, I just I got that feeling. Well, I've decided to not take my faith out, out of uh, Big Nick. Uh, I think he's a good enough quarterback, at, apparently. This Bears team doesn't need legendary quarterback play. They've no, shown. they've shown it. They don't need a great quarterback to be a good team. Yeah, so I think they're a weird team, and... I'm learning not to go against them at this point. If they can beat Tampa Bay and they can continue to a 5 and 1 record, Big Nick could lead this team to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So I think they can uh, beat the Rams. It's possible. It's going to be close. I mean, I don't want to root for the Bears, especially for them being a division rival and especially for I just don't like the Bears too much, but I mean, right now with how they're playing, I feel like they're just like actually found their groove and any team, it doesn't even matter who it is. I feel like they could run it with the Chiefs too if they had to go at them at this point. But I mean, it's going to be a close game and I feel like they haven't really met a guy like Aaron Donald yet really on the other side, especially for Nick Foles this season yet. So if the Rams defense can show out and just shut down, I mean, basically Nick Foles because like you said, Brandon, their running game is a little bit just anywhere but the team is at right now. So if that comes down to it, I feel like the Rams are going to have it. But, I mean, the Bears right now, as much as I hate to say it, they're 
they're doing pretty well. Yeah. So I mean, I expect the Bears to somehow pull out this win. I'm just gonna pick the Rams, so then it just makes it that much more yeah. weird. I think it's gonna. I honestly think it's gonna be the Rams by maybe a touchdown. It's All gonna right. be a close game. So we'll have to see how those go on um, over the <laughs> over the weekend. Yes. Um, Nick. I mean, Nick Foles. You led a team to a Super Bowl. Won Can't. a Super Bowl. Yeah. Against Tom Brady. Yeah. He's so a champion. Anything's possible for the Bears. But now going into what I'm actually going to change the name now live today at 10.58 while we're recording. It's not Brandon's question of the day. It's going to be Brandon's debate of the day. Hmm. But today we have, I found something on Instagram um, on Pickenham. And they had a build a squad with $7. You guys have probably seen these. And I thought this was a very interesting one. So I figured we'd bring it on the show. But we have for we have three tiers of consisting of $3 players, $2 players, $1 player. And we have three players at quarterback, running back, wide receiver one, and wide receiver two. You have to make your squad, but you can't go over $7. You must be at $7 or under. So you have the... Th- you have quarterbacks, Burrow is a dollar, Stafford's two dollars, Rogers is three, running backs, McCaffrey is three, Aaron Jones two, James White one, and then receivers, you have Randall Cobb, Golden Tate as one dollar, Michael Gallup, Julian Edelman is two dollars, and then you have the Buccaneer boys, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin at three dollars. So, boys, what's your seven dollar squad? Not, do you, are we gonna do like a draft style where we just go one by one just, for each spot, no, or do you want you just, just take do the take whole the thing? team you want? Um, I think I'm gonna go uh, Rogers for my quarterback. Okay. James White for my running back. Okay. So that gives me what four? So yeah, I have three dollars left. Three dollars left. So I think I'll probably go Edelman and Tate. Okay. So that is your I team. That's a pretty good team. You you think you like that team? I like that team. Okay. You, Aaron Rodgers can do anything with any wide receiver, as we've seen already. You and I mean, lot, you gotta James add, White, before he had kind of the little, uh, I mean, before his, uh, I think it was his mom died in the season, he was putting up a lot of fantasy points, and he was doing really well. So, I mean, I think he's underrated at $1. I feel like he should be $2, but I feel like this is a pretty good team. Yeah, I mean, you got a lot of you got a lot of athleticism and speed with that team. So, Brennan, what do you got for your squad? Well, QB, you have to go with Rodgers. There's no okay. There's no debate. I don't think. I don't. You're think not going to go with Joe Burrow. Why the money saver? <laughs> you haven't. I have not seen enough out of Joe Burrow to see he wouldn't get murdered by. He he hasn't gotten murdered by his offensive line enough for me to think too much of him yet. And Stafford, come on, Stafford versus Rodgers. You take Rodgers for an extra dollar all the time. Mm-hmm. So I take Rodgers, so that leaves me four more bucks, right? Yep. All right. So let's go Cobb. I take Cobb. Let's go Tate, and then we take Jones. Okay. So you're going with uh, the pack attack dynamic duo, and mm-hmm. then, yeah, I'm, you know, I, I really do want to pick Rodgers, but just for the sake of the show, I'm going to pick somebody different. I'm going to go with Stafford. I do think Stafford's a great quarterback. He is. He um, is. I I think so. So I'm gonna take I'm gonna take that for two, and then oh, this is see I really want I really want to reach, but I I know I shouldn't, but I'm going to get. Oh, I don't want to, but I'm I'm going to take Aaron Jones actually instead. I was thinking about McCaffrey really bad. Really? I'm a big McCaffrey fan, but I'm gonna go with Aaron Jones, and the reason why is because I would like to have Julian Edelman as my wide receiver 
one, and then I will take um, Golden Tate as my wide receiver too. So money I, saver, huh? Yeah, I'm gonna. I was gonna say I was gonna spend, but I do think Randall Cobb's kind of past his prime. So I think I wanted to go with Edelman instead. I was honestly Gallup or Edelman, either of those I would have been okay with. But then you have Golden Tate in the slot, so that would be fine for me. That would be my team. But we should. Do you guys like these? We should probably. We could do some more of those. But yeah. Um, as we move on into the the final part of our show, we do apologize for running a little bit over, but. One last thing for the NFL. The Vikings and the Ravens have just finalized a trade for uh, Yannick Ngoku, okay. the defensive end for third-round pick. Oh, yeah, I did just get that notification. So Yeah. Wow, okay. Yeah. So the Ravens are going to make a move. That is what they are doing in their bye this week. Yep. But um, moving on, a um, little bit of the college football because I think we need to cover it because the Big Ten's back. Michigan is yes, back. Yes, sir. We're going to be taking yes, on sir. Minnesota in minnesota on saturday night at 7 30 i'm excited i know there's a lot of people taking minnesota and i understand why i mean tanner morgan rashad bateman they've been fantastic i mean joe burr or joe burrow haha mm-hmm. joe milton we haven't seen him in a starting role yet so it i think this is really a hit or miss game i think the defense is going to be pretty solid but how many points we can score is going to be the difference because i know that minnesota offense will probably put up points on our defense so I mean, I'm obviously going to go with Michigan. I, I don't think that they're going to – I I really hope they don't blow this game. But, I mean, Minnesota's a tough team. It's going to be a fight. So I do think Michigan can win this game as long as Joe Milton and the offense can figure it out. I mean, especially in the running back position, who's going to be the guy that's going to have the hot hand and carry them to victory? Well, imagine the salt if uh, Michigan fans have waited all this time and Minnesota just goes in and beats them week one. Yeah. That would be rough. I don't think that'll happen. <laughs> it could happen. Man, well, okay. Well, I th- I saw on Michigan's Instagram. It said that for the last 26 meetings, Michigan's won 24. So I don't think if you follow that stat line, I mean, it could be anything. I mean, we lost to Ab State that one year. I think I think it was. So yep, any did. anything can really happen. But I don't think, especially with a 75 to 25 uh, record against uh, Minnesota, I don't think that that's going to happen. Especially just now, I feel like Joe Milton is finally getting his chance, and he's already been able to learn. I mean, from Shea Patterson. Although Shea Patterson wasn't the best, Shea Patterson was a very mobile and pretty good scrambling quarterback. And even Dylan McCaffrey, he had stuff to learn from him too. But, I mean, now that Dylan McCaffrey's going to be gone, that kind of sucks, especially since he should have been utilized a little bit more. But I think now with uh, Joe Millen and his abilities, I feel like we haven't had that in a long time. Being a guy who can throw really far, being a guy who's mobile, being a guy who's actually tall and can see over the line, I don't think that Minnesota has what it takes to to take down uh, our Wolverines. Yeah, it should be interesting. I mean, the defense, we we've returning Quiddy Pay. Um, we got a, Aiden Hutchinson is supposed to be a real big step up this year, so we're really excited to see him. I mean, they're keeping Daxton Hill at safety, so obviously Don Brown sees something there he likes, so that could be a big move. I mean, Jalen Mayfield came back. That was huge. I know a lot of guys wanted him back, but Zach Charbonnet is going to lead the charge, and then we have Hassan Haskins, a redshirt sophomore, is going to be the backup because apparently he's ahead of Chris Evans right now. Mm. Don't know what that situation is. But I know Nico Collins is also gone. Don't know where, but we're gonna f- we'll figure out that piece later. I, he's not with the football team right now, and he's not on the roster. Don't know what that means if he's opting out or he's transferring. We don't know what that means, but we're gonna figure it out. But we do still have Ronnie Bell and Cornelius Johnson. I think it's gonna be a little bit scary, and I I know that there's a lot of holes, but 
we always seem like we find out, figure out ways to win against everybody except Ohio State. So I do think we can pull it out, but it's gonna be. I we think can, it's gonna we be can close. be hope. I think or as well, like State, week, like or Wisconsin, or I think it's our last. I think okay. it's our last year. Or how, Army. How about Ohio? Army was a challenge. How about Ohio? No, well, I mean, it's a challenge, but yeah, we still yeah. end up winning. Oh winning the game. yeah, who you beat Army by a field goal. Uh, we so. got Joe Milton now. <laughs> oh my goodness. Who are, who are you rooting for, Brendan? Are you a Minnesota guy? I'm gonna like I'm gonna root for Michigan. I love seeing the salt of Michigan fans. <laughs> it's, Ouch. It, it's a nice drink to sip out of. Who is your we're college saying, team, Brandon, man? Brandon, Brandon, take your headphones off real quick. I'm not Brandon, we're not letting him on the show anymore. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. Are you a Spartan fan? Are you a Spartan guy? Are I'm you not a Spartan g- guy? I, I'm not going to answer. Oh, okay. are you a are you a Buckeye is. guy? I'm not going to answer who my favorite team is, Joe. Mm. Not going to do it. Speculation. Right. I'm not going to. I'm not going to self-incriminate right. on okay. this show. All right. We're going to need some data miners to go through. <laughs> see if he's. We'll, we'll, need, we'll have to figure out the inside scoop after the show, but it's not going to be an easy game. Probably oh, it's no. going to be close. It's going to be a hard think, game. I can I can see that. I think we'll probably. I th- it's just going to be like last year. We're going to do pretty well, but then we're just going to lose to Ohio State. So I mean, yeah, I mean, I've accepted will. at this point. I've accepted at this will. point. Yeah, we'll figure it out. But Michigan State. If that is your favorite team, playing right? on, we'll playing find, on, we'll find that. Playing well. on Big Ten Network. Yep, playing on Big Ten Network. Uh, I guess they will get a win, I guess. Playing Rutgers. Against Rutgers. So they're probably going to win. Yeah, but, you um, would think. What? You would think against Rutgers. They should. If they don't, that's, that's troubling. I'm pretty sure my high school team could beat Rutgers. So. That's I mean, you're bold. not wrong. You're not wrong. That's <laughs> bold? It's, Are you? It's okay, funny to it's see how Michigan State. Team, it's funny to see how Michigan State used to be like Rose Bowl champion stuff, and now like they can't even get on like a big like channel to play their games. I can't even like they're playing Illinois. against on Big Ten. <laughs> they're playing on Big Ten Network. Okay, how about we get Fair State football to take on Rutgers, and let's settle. Okay, this. I want to see that. That right, would be will probably win. That would be very interesting. I think I I don't know. I think Aeneas could get the crew to W. It could be possible. I think if but, we, I mean, depending on who our quarterback would be, but yeah, yeah. Ever since uh, Rutgers joined the Big Ten, they've just been they yeah. anything but exceptional. Yep. Um, Saturday at noon, um, Ohio State is probably gonna. Um, Pretty much crush the living dreams out of Roll Nebraska. Roll over Nebraska. It's not even going to be close. But Justin Fields is just going to go. Think about. Crazy. Have you guys looked at Nebraska's schedule this year? Isn't it pretty easy, or is it pretty hard? <laughs> um, I don't know. I I heard it's it either one right of the two. Right now, and it's definitely the opposite. Look it up. <laughs> There's a reason. They're the going. Big Ten looked at Nebraska and really said, "Oh, you guys want to play backhand. fall football?" It's a this year? backhand of the yeah. face. Yeah, it's. Rutgers schedule, if you guys haven't seen, oh, Nebraska. Yeah, yeah, Nebraska. Yeah. Sorry, Never I mean, mind. I'm just getting a look at it. They, now. It's be it is. Tough. Oh boy, yeah. <laughs> it's rough. How about at Ohio State against Wisconsin, Northwestern, Penn State, Illinois, Iowa? Wait for it. And Purdue and Minnesota. So they're playing five teams from last year that were ranked inside the top 25. Yes, and Purdue Out is a team that will most likely end good. up in the top 25 exactly. at the end of the season. So, so that's rough. Yeah, they will be, they'll be And Iowa always figures out a way to get up there. They always have yeah. a hot streak as well. So Exactly. So you're really thinking about five to seven top 25 team matchup for Nebraska. Yeah. It's going to be a rough year for Nebraska, I think again. Scott Frost might be in his last year, but we'll we'll, we'll have to see it's how It's all goes. their fault. 
It's all his own fault. You know who they could have had at quarterback the last few years, right? Joe Burrow could have yeah. easily easily would have walked into Nebraska and they told him we already have a quarterback. Whoops. They told That's him. tough with two Fs. Big oops. Uh-huh. But um Another big game coming on. A little bit under the radar, I feel like. Number 17, Iowa State. Number 6, Oklahoma State. Both teams that have played spoiler this year already. Both teams, I believe, are undefeated. So this should be a pretty good game. It has a pretty a pretty big impact on what could happen in the Big 12. So I think the – I mean, Oklahoma and Texas have both been struggling. So Iowa and Oklahoma State have really kind of taken the charge of the, the lead in the Big 12 right now. But – um. Actually, no, Oklahoma State is the only unbeaten left at 3-0. Um, Iowa State did lose. But, I mean, for Oklahoma State, it, it hasn't it hasn't been great for them because, I mean, they've had um, injuries and they've had COVID tests. So, really, their quarterback is going to be the big difference, I think. I mean, Shane Ellingworth – or Ellingworth? Ellingworth. I don't know how to pronounce it, but anyway – I mean, he's kind of Spencer Sanders was a starting quarterback. Hey, hey, last name that was cool. It's a good name, but um, it is a good name. Um, there's a lot of Sanderses. I feel like there is, but I mean, I think that it's gonna be close. I don't know which team's going to win. I mean, it's gonna be a pretty big fight, but I'm I'm more I'm more worried about the Big Ten. But that that should be a good game. Don't get me wrong. I'm looking for the Iowa Purdue. Looking <laughs> forward to the Iowa Purdue game. That looks like it's gonna be a good one. That one's gonna be good too. I don't really know. I don't really have a really interesting matchup this week. I think Big 12 is kind of irrelevant now. If they mm-hmm. get a playoff college football playoff team in, that's a big disappointment yeah. on the season. So I don't really care about the Big 12. SEC, what, is there any ranked matchups in the SEC this week? I think they're all unranked as far as I'm concerned. I know that LSU is playing South Carolina, and well, that could be an upset if Miles Brennan doesn't play. Because, well, yeah. I mean, they've, deep, their defense is letting everybody in the end zone, so uh-huh. it's going to be hard to figure that out. But, I mean, right now, Ohio State is going to be a pretty good team. We know that, right? They're ranked fifth right now for week eight. And I, I know they should be higher than Notre Dame because it's just because Notre Dame's been playing. Stupid. But what a stupid. I can't wait for Clemson to put up 50 on them. Oh, yeah. Notre Dame, I don't think, is a top five team. I mean, Clemson should be the number one team right now, in my opinion. Alabama's looked shaky, so I don't think they deserve to be number one right now. Georgia is... Yeah, what do you mean they've looked shaky? When have they looked shaky? They haven't looked the same as their dominant... They look better than what they were last year. Okay, last year that was just a down year. La- no, last year they should have been in the playoff. Tua doesn't get hurt. They w- go. But that's the thing the is, Tua out. got hurt, and they didn't. And they Mac didn't Jones from played it. just as good. Mac Jones was just as good, except for a few mistakes in the Iron Bowl. Right, and that ended Other, up costing them losing the playoffs. Well, let's just see how they do against Michigan. How many points did they put up against Michigan, Michigan in that bowl game? Michigan's offense was pretty much atrocious. No, we are not. Shea Patterson. We are not. Shea not, Patterson played awful in that, that game. game. He was garbage. Because Alabama's defense is monstrous, and I'm not even. I'm not an Alabama fan, but no, we are not going to say, "Oh, they're shaky." That is not a shaky football team. Okay. 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 At Old Miss, they allowed forty-eight points. Yeah, that sh- that scared me. And how me much a did bit. they put up? Sixty-three. Exactly. I, okay, okay. I didn't say they're not a dominant football no, team. Just, I said they're scaring me a little bit, and they're not number one yet. I'm I mean, not scared of that. Oh, I am very scared of that football team. Oh Them no, I Clemson. am. I am too. I'm just saying right now, Clemson looks 
better and they're playing a little yeah. bit better. Not well, saying yeah. that's what's going to happen if they faced off. I mean, Alabama could definitely win that football game. Yeah. But right now, Clemson looks a little bit better than Alabama. That's what I'm saying. That's why one and two. But definitely <laughs> no bueno to have Notre Dame at number three. No, we should be throwing Notre Dame into the Lake Michigan. That's <laughs> what I think throw- of that college. What's up with you and throwing people into things? Well, I mean, <laughs> no, it's just y- you got to desert these people deserve it. Adam Gase deserves to be in Death Valley. And I think Notre Dame deserves to be in Lake Michigan. Okay. <laughs> I, I mean, that's your opinion, so I guess that's fine. But Georgia is number four, Ohio State number five. Um, those are pretty much the notables mm-hmm. right now. We'll see how... I feel like Penn- once Ohio State gets games, they'll probably be jumping up to like two or three. Oh, they yeah. should They'll they should probably end up three. And yeah. Notre Dame will drop out of the top five. And if Oklahoma State wins, they could put in their way in the top five because they've played good football. But moving on now, we have two short um, topics really quick before we end the show. Um, World Series game two last night, Rays, Dodgers. Rays had offense. Yay. They came to play. They They came came, to play. They did come to play. They end up taking the win six to four. Dodgers put up a little bit of fight down the stretch in the sixth and the eighth and brought it to within two, but just couldn't quite get it done. Um, The Rays looked really good. Brandon Lowe was hitting the ball out of the yard frequently last night. He He had two home runs. Um, there was a lot of home runs last night. I believe count five of them, but it was a really good game. I think um, the Tampa Bay offense came back, and they showed what they can do on a good night, so they definitely played some good baseball yesterday. But, I mean, the Dodgers, as far as – I mean, they didn't play awful. They put up four runs. I mean, Mookie was hitless. You got guys like Muncie that were hitless, that and Cody Bellinger was hitless. Those guys, those guys just had off nights. So I think it's still definitely a series. Um, Gonsolin did not do what he needed to do. He only went one and one-third inning. You can't do that. you you no. got to keep going in the game. I mean, Blake Snell, outside of the, the, the two-run home run, he looked pretty good. He had nine strikeouts. He was looking really good with his breaking ball. But, I mean, the, the nature of it is is when it gets into a playoff atmosphere – Pitchers aren't going to be if your if your pitcher is ever looking shaky, you're going to be looking at the bullpen a lot quicker than you would in a regular season game. So I think that definitely came into play. I mean, they knocked Gons, uh, the Rays knocked Gonsolin out. They went right to Floro, who did pretty well, but then they ended up getting down to um, I can't remember his name. Dustin May, that's who it was, and he got rocked in the he gave up three earned runs in an inning, and that was pretty rough. So they pretty much had to go to Joe Kelly pretty much in the seventh and or the the uh, sixth and seventh innings, so that was a that was a struggle for them. But um, overall, this is a really good series. I'm looking forward to seeing what both these teams do in the rest of the stretch. Definitely. I mean, Blake Snell. I mean, he's a Cy Young winner from two years ago, and he's obviously one of the best. I was a little bit concerned about uh, in Game One when the pitching staff left, uh, or when the coaches left uh, um, Tyler Glass now, and for as long as he did for 112 pitches, which is very uncharacteristic of what they've been doing all year. And, I mean, now that they kind of figured out that, all right, that wasn't really the best idea, especially since they got beat the first game. And then Blake Snell comes in now, and now they win 6-4. I think they finally started to find their groove, especially with how they got to treat their pitchers now against this very good Los Angeles Dodgers hitting team. I mean, Dodgers, obviously, five hits last game didn't kind of come to play as they did game one. But, I mean, what can you say about Blake Snell? Yeah, I don't know baseball much. <laughs> no, I'll be real. It happens. It's, it's no. okay. No, as a fan, a, as a fan perspective, though, this this is overall looking to be a great series. I mean, regardless if there is fans or not, it's still it's still great. I know they're 
each it seems like it's there's a couple fans trickling in because you I, I don't know what the it's a it's a limited in-person attendance is I, it? Think. Okay. I, know, I think the I think the families the of the players can come watch and then they have like uh i think they have like pete like regular like just uh fans that can come in too because like when you when they did the uh when there's like homers and stuff they like they're like in pods i think they have to like have like there's like a like a 10 by 10 pod like every like 20 feet oh okay i can see how that works they put them in a plastic bubble and yeah then you know like the the knocker ball soccer <laughs> like everybody has to exactly. sit in one of those to watch no. exactly but game three tonight in arlington will be a, a good one for sure or no sorry tomorrow actually yeah they're we'll, taking they a day will, off they have a day, day off tonight or tonight so walker bueller will get the start likely against charlie morton two veterans will face off so that'll be good and it's kind of weird seeing walker bueller as a veteran now Boy, everybody, tight pants Walker Bueller. Walker, tight pants Walker Bueller. He's all grown up now. He's all grown up. But finally, Brendan, it's time. We're gonna get to some NASCAR. I know you're really excited I'm about a specialist that. But um, in the, we haven't talked a lot about NASCAR. Um, uh, but they are in the postseason right now. So <laughs> we apologize for not giving you the updates on that. But yeah. I mean, right now, I know I I've played a little bit of fantasy NASCAR with <laughs> um some of my buddies to set up really? my my first year doing it. I'm still kind yeah, of figuring I, it out. But, I don't even um, know how you can really do fantasy NASCAR that well. Yeah, I'm impressed. I mean, it's just really. Um, I mean, I mean, I, I might win the league, so hey, there's something it, to it there. But what? Who, who do you have? Uh, well, I mean, it's more of like you select the five best drivers you pick for the week. Yeah. So, um, right now, I mean, it's hard to pick against Harvick or Hamlin. Exactly. The way those two are racing right now. They've been fantastic. Sixteen combined wins. More than the rest of the field come by. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, it is. They've been absolutely fantastic. It's been a really good thing to watch. I mean, Kevin Harvick's been dominant. He's the only NASCAR driver right now to be averaging a top 10 finish throughout the entire race. I think that is uh-huh. a crazy statistic. He's been fantastic. He's leading the points right now. Hamlin in second, Keselowski and Elliott um, bringing it up in third and fourth. Yeah, but, but here's the thing. You just named the top four. Mm-hmm. One of those four guys are not going to be in the final four in the next two weeks. Right. That's the thing is and the nature of it changed and how much yeah. points um, wins are worth. It's huge. Well, it's not points. It's an automatic berth into the next round if yeah, you win if a race. Yeah, if you win, yeah. That, and that's that's a, huge. Yeah. And so a little rundown of the playoff system because Joe was kind of asking me beforehand. Yeah, I don't so, know too much about the playoffs. Yeah, it's a weird format. I don't understand it myself. Big, big negative to the entire series. But so the official playoffs begin after 26 weeks. Mm-hmm. It's a 36 week season. Yeah. So the final 10 races are, you know, the playoffs. Yeah. You get 16 drivers out of the 40 car field mm-hmm. make those playoffs. Uh, and then every three races, four guys are eliminated. So is that like the last finish? Like the people who finished last are eliminated? Basically, yeah. In the point standings, mm-hmm. out and of those sixteen. Yeah. Oh. So normally you would think that would just be you know points wise, whoever was last in points and all that. Mm-hmm. But there's also if you win a race out of those three, you're automatically advanced into the next round. And wins are huge. Yeah, wins are for some reason. I don't really agree with it, but wins are basically emphasized as a must-have, mm-hmm. and which that can put down guys that are normally championship contenders based off of points. That can put them below the cut line. So 
And that's gotten really interesting because this past week, uh, Joey Logano won the race. Mm-hmm. And he was not expect. He was, you know, maybe a top eight, but he was not nearly in the top four of points, not close. Right. And because of that, he's now in the final four, the championship race. Mm-hmm. We're, yeah, we're entering the final three weeks of the season, and he's in the final four. And you would assume it's basically a lock-in for like, or Hamlin and Harvick because mm-hmm. they've dominated. Yep. But that leaves one more spot, which is up for grabs between Keselowski and Elliott. Mm-hmm. Or whoever wins this week or next week. We could see like an Alex Bowman or somebody like exactly. that come out of nowhere and win a race. And now look, you yeah. got to eliminate two. There's a chance that Alex Bowman or Kurt Busch could win a race. And that's... Oh, wow. <laughs> if Kurt Busch can win a race with how far back he is, I think he can... Yeah, he's yeah. barely in the top 10. Barely. Yeah, exactly. He he's, got He's just gra- he's like hanging off. He's like the the classic um kitty picture hanging off of the rope hanging in there. That's yeah. what Kurt Busch <laughs> is right now. Yeah. He's in trouble. He had an engine go out on him this past week. So, but the reason why he's in the lead eight is he was able to win uh at Kansas. No, not Kansas. Who was it? He was able to win at Las Vegas mm-hmm. a few weeks ago yeah. and got him to the next round. Yeah, I did not so. pick him that week, and I was just no. like, "What?" Okay. He was he kind of came out of nowhere. So yeah, and I mean, it's it's going to be interesting. I know the the final four is probably what's going to be the most exciting because obviously championship implications are in yeah. effect. I mean, you're raced for a trophy, so it's basically in the championship is in that one race. Whoever finishes the highest out of those four drivers gets the championship. Yep, which is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Like, imagine going 35 weeks and then having your and losing out on the championship because you didn't finish the highest in the race. Mm-hmm. It's stupid. Yeah, it's championship race style. That's yeah. just how they, I guess, they want it. Yep. So it is what it is, but it should be interesting. Check out the the NASCAR race coming up this weekend. I yep. believe they are in Texas. Texas. Yes, yep. Texas in the Longhorn State. Um, so it should be a really interesting. But um, guys. Thank you so much for listening into the show today. We know we went a little bit over. We apologize, but it was just too good of content. We had exactly. to keep it going. So why apologize when you're having fun? You know. Yeah, we had some fun today. But Joe, it was always a good day in the office. And Brennan, glad to have you on the show. We appreciate it. Yeah. If you have ever any questions about the torture writing for Ferris State, check out Brendan. You know his um his tag that he put in earlier. So yeah. check it out early in the episode. But. Joe, you had a good day in the office. It really was. Take care, everybody.